0: You're listening to the Digital State of Mind podcast with your host, Jessica Hawks, where we get honest about all things entrepreneurship, balancing life and business, and navigating the world in a digital age. Hello. (laughs) I have come to realize throughout this entire season that I open every single episode by saying hi everyone and I was like oh my god I sound like a robot but I mean I guess everyone has their their intro right but I decided to spice it up and just say hello this time. Welcome back to Digital State of Mind. This is the final episode of this season. So we're wrapping things up for season two. I am filming this or recording this far earlier than it's going to be actually released. So it's not really fully set in that we're approaching the end of a season again for me yet. But this was a really fun season. I feel like we had so many amazing guests and covered a ton of topics and it was. It felt very well-rounded to me. I was just really into the conversations that we were having this season. So I hope that you felt the same. And this is my little plug to ask you all to leave a review if you have been enjoying this season. Literally every time someone says, I think I've left a review on a podcast like twice in my life because I always forget. I, I hear people say it and I'm like, oh yeah, I need to do that. And then I forget to do it. But this is your your direction from me to just do it now so you don't forget if you want to that is you can leave us a few stars five stars if you want to write a review that's even better but hey we're all busy okay so I get it But it's super helpful, and I love seeing the feedback. I read every single review, and it's really special. It's so cool to me that any of you are interested in listening to me talk for an extended period of time, because sometimes whenever I'm listening back to these, I'm like, oh my God, shut up, Jess. But like I said, this season has been so fun, and we've already secured most of our guests for season three, which is... Crazy. There's so much planning that goes into this, I'm telling you. It's so much, and we start prepping really early just so that we can secure guests and make sure the dates line up and that we have enough time to record between when one season ends and one season launches, and we really want to kind of shorten the time in between that because I personally really hate waiting for new seasons of podcasts to come out, so... We're working on it, everyone, and I also have been editing all of these myself, which is has been really fun. It's been a learning experience for me, and I feel like since I'm so involved in the online space, I know or have experience in a lot of different platforms, and podcasting was an entirely new world for me, so I, I made my own intro, I made my own outro, I edit all of the episodes together, and it's been really fun so far, so I'm loving it. So... This episode is just gonna be a solo episode. You're just talking to me. No guests. We're gonna we're gonna have a one-on-one chat right now, me and you. This episode is gonna be a little bit more casual, and I'm actually pretty excited about the topic. Um, the idea for this episode it came from a comment that I got whenever I was doing a QA on Instagram. Someone replied to my question box and I can't remember if I replied to them in the moment or if I was like, wait, I'm going to make that a podcast episode, but the comment that I got was, I feel like if I invest into this, I'm not going to do well. I just want to be certain about it, and I, I think that they may have been talking about one of my specific courses or classes, or maybe they were just talking about investing into the online space and getting started, period, and I feel like this is something that so many people struggle with is that feeling of... Well, let me just say, it's very natural as humans for us to want to know the outcome of a situation. And if you are a service provider already and you've already started your business, you likely experience this in the DMs whenever you are chatting with a potential client. A lot of... uh, errors can be made in conversation because of our impatience and because of us wanting to know what's going to happen with this person. Are they going to hire me? Are they not going to hire me? Do they want to work with me? We just naturally want to know how things are going to turn out. The unknown is really scary for us as humans and it's hard for us to bet on ourselves or bet on something that's new without knowing that it's going to be worth our time. So because of that, it causes us to be in a lot of situations where we wish that we had done something, but we went with the quote-unquote safer route because we felt like we had a better idea of what the outcome would be. And I want to give you some bad news in a sense by saying that you will never know the outcome or you will never be able to know the outcome of different situations that take place. And a lot of this comes down to calculated risks at the end of the day, and we're going to talk more about that. But I actually wanted to bring this up. I was watching Survivor. I I love Survivor. I've watched Survivor for so long, since I was a kid, and I'm just catching up on some of the seasons that I didn't watch because there's like 41, which is crazy. I actually really want to go on Survivor. I've been like, should I apply? I think I might do it and just see what happens. So uh, if you see me MIA for forty days, that's that's where I am, or I get voted out the first day. <laughs> but anyways, I was watching the Gen X times. I don't know Gen X X Millennials or versus Millennials. I don't know why I was trying to say that, but Gen X versus Millennial season, and it was basically. Self explanatory millennials versus Gen X, and uh, this is something that's so funny to me, and it's actually really annoying, also. But I-, I feel like every generation has to diss the younger generation or the generation below them or the generation above them. Like, for me, I verge on I mean, I'm a Gen Z technically. Um, I don't know what the one below me would be like, the people younger than me, I don't know, but. I feel like Gen Z talk so much crap about millennials. I feel like millennials talk so much crap about Gen Z or Gen X. I feel like boomers or is that an actual name of one? talk so much crap about the generation younger than them. And it's so annoying to me. I don't know if it's just one of those things where other people do it. So everyone feels like they have to. But everyone seems to have a negative opinion of the generation that is born after them. And I think it's so silly, and I really, really want to not be that person when I get older. Who knows? Maybe I will be, but I really, really hope that I'm not. Um, Anyways, on this season, there was someone who was a millennial who was talking about how, or no, I'm sorry. Gen X would be the older one, right? Oh my God, there's so many. When did we start putting labels on generations? So funny. So Gen X was talking about how, you know, this one guy, he had spent 15 years as an assistant trying to become a writer. So that was his, that was his ultimate goal was to become a writer, to be in the film industry in some way. And he spent 15 years working his way up to that. And basically, you know, his whole point was that millennials just want a shortcut to get, you know, to get to places. They they aren't willing to put in the time that it takes to get to where you need to be. And, you know, obviously then it switched to the millennial and the millennial was talking about how, you know, um, some of the older older generations or the generation that was older than them believes that you have to put in, you have to put in so much time and you have to be in pain and you have to be struggling to get to where you want to be. Whereas kind of millennials and that new wave of, of generations that were coming in feel like you can get to where you want to be as quickly as you'd like, as long as you set your mind to it. And I thought that this was so interesting because I think one of the biggest reasons that we you know, are super scared to invest in something like the online space, even after countless countless times of seeing people start and then become booked out and quit their nine-to-five jobs, oftentimes in a matter of less than six months, is because we have been so deeply taught Or we have seen so many people in our lives struggle and spend 15 years as an assistant before they are actually in the career that they ultimately wanted to be in. And instead of us as a society or as generations saying, oh, hey, there's a new generation coming in who's doing things a little bit differently, who operates on a different level, who are exposed to different opportunities, and who may do things a little bit differently we instead, instead of welcoming that change, we say, no, they're wrong. The way that we did it is the right way because it worked for me. And there's so many deeply rooted issues that come with this. There's, you know, the kind of common trope that being a hard worker or being really successful comes hand in hand with a lot of pain and a lot of sacrifices and a lot of, You know, climb like clawing your way to the top, and having to compete against other people, and all of these different things. There's a lot of toxicity. I'm kind of so over that word, but there really is. There's a lot of that in the corporate space, and especially in the traditional corporate space. So it's being pushed on us and shoved down our throat all the time. No, this applies no matter what age you are, because you could be 55 years old and. See the opportunities that are now coming with social media and the way that the the way that business in general has changed, and be like, oh, I want to take advantage of this. And then you have your peers doing the same thing to you, you know, shoving it down your throat that there's only one way to do things and that you have to spend fifteen years as an assistant, kind of in the dumps on the the bottom of the pyramid. Oh God, I better not say that. People are going to MLM, but at the you know bottom of the the chain, whatever you know, kind of just taking it like that's just what you have to do. And it's not what you have to do. That that whole mindset is based off of the traditional route of going to college. You know, maybe your degree is applicable, maybe applicable, maybe it's not, but hey, at least you've got your degree. Now you can work for this company, but you're going to be at the bottom and it's going to take you years a decade to be able to get to a spot where you feel secure, where you feel like you're successful and where you feel like you're finally where you wanted to be and that you've earned it, that you're not actually actually now worthy of being in that space. And I really hate that mindset. You know, I think that there's there's such a fine line between I think that oftentimes whenever I speak this way or when other people speak this way. Some people say, well, you're just saying that you don't have to work hard to get where you want to be or that things will just be handed to you. And that's not the case either, because you better bet that everyone who has a successful business online worked so hard to get to that spot. But what they also did was bypass the things that were not necessary to get there. You don't need a college degree. You don't need to be in the online space for years before you're finally worthy of starting a business and being successful with it. You don't have to be in pain and working 14 hours every single day in order to make a lot of money or to, you know, be able to support your family or to create generational wealth. So my point in bringing up that example of the show Survivor (laughs) sounds so unrelated, but was to say that A lot of us feel this way of, I want to be certain about it because of that mindset and because that's been so forced on us. And also there's the element of, well, how am I going to explain to my friends and family who maybe also think this way when I can't say, look, here's the proof. This is where I'm going to be. This is guaranteed. It's really hard to learn how to navigate that situation when you, you know, you get a job offer in the corporate world. You have the job. People already view that as a win. Even if you've already invested six figures into college to get there, but whenever we come to the online space, we look at investing four figures as the biggest risk that we've ever taken in our life, right? Even though we have the potential to see the fruits of our investment within a matter of months. So, what something that really helped me whenever I was in this situation, because, you know, while there are certainly a lot of people who see something and act on it very quickly or, you know, see something and sign up for a program the next day. I was not like this whenever I was, you know, first starting my business journey and a lot of that came down to the fact that I didn't really have the funds available to invest very quickly. Typically, I'm a very impulsive person, but This was also something that really scared me. So I don't want anyone to, you know, view people who maybe are doing really well or who they view as confident and think, well, they didn't have this mental struggle. Why am I having it? Maybe this means I'm not cut out for this space. And I can guarantee you that every single person you're looking at has struggled with this concept or did struggle with this concept whenever they were first taking, you know, those first steps in their business. So something that eventually really helped me was looking at things objectively. Oftentimes we tend to think about starting a business online or think about joining a program or something that can teach us how to start a business online as kind of a pipe dream. We think of it as something that happens to other people, but it's not realistic. It's not something that we can do. And so because of that, our mind doesn't even view it as something that's reasonable for us to look into. You know, so for me, it eventually got to a point where the calculated risk was very helpful for me to actually make a decision. So I was seeing all of these other people, right, from beginning to end, beginning, you know, starting their online business, maybe they were still working in nine to five, whatever that looked like for them, all the way to months later, them being booked out in their business. And quitting their 9 to 5, and living this life that had so many elements of what I wanted in my life. And it got to the point where that had happened so many times to other people that I thought, why not me? right i'm seeing this happen i can see the facts here whenever you objectively look at it and take your your own emotions out of it your own fears your own self doubts and i know that's really difficult to do but it's very important to look at things objectively oftentimes when we're making decisions or especially when we're making decisions where there could potentially be a lot of emotion involved to look at it and say if i've seen this happen so many times you know let's say for instance you're interested in investing in a course from a specific coach if I can look at this coach's Instagram and I can see testimonials, if I can see past experiences from their other students, if I can see the results of where those students are now, if I can see that they quit their full-time job, that they became booked out, that they doubled, tripled, quadrupled their corporate income with no past experience, what's actually stopping me from doing it? And we've I would say especially within the last year or so, there's been a lot of talk around mental health and kind of strengthening that and following your intuition, trusting your gut. I think that those things are all really important. But something that we have to remember is that our emotions are not always logical, right? Our emotions serve a purpose, but that does not mean that they're fact or that they are. They should always be dictating the decisions that we make in life. And ultimately, at the end of the day, your emotions that you have towards something, whether, like I said, whether that emotion is fear or, you know, um, self-doubt or fear of judgment, all of those things can be holding you back in life so much to the point where you always play it 100% safe and you never do the things that could actually lead you towards building the life that you want. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people live their life in that way. And then they get to, you know, their their older years or later in life, or sometimes it doesn't even take that long before they look back. And they're like, what have I been doing? You know, why did I not go for that thing? We've all done this in small ways. You know, I used to run a lot and do like marathons and ultra marathons. And I kind of took a, a extended break from that, and now, every single month, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have started running again three months ago, because, you know, the progress that I would have made in this time would be so much compared to me starting right now. And we've all had experiences like that, but it's really a tough pill to swallow when that experience is, oh wow, I wish I would have done this thing 20 years ago, because what would my life potentially look like now? And the catch 22 here that seems to happen so often is that whenever you take a risk, whether it's calculated or it could be deemed as reckless, whenever you take a risk, that really strengthens the muscles in your brain that kind of operate on a risk-to-reward balance or kind of walk through these potential scenarios that could happen. And the more that you take those risks and see success in those risks, the more likely you are to take them in the future and the more comfortable you are taking them in the future. But oftentimes, the way that our lives are set up and this plan that's set up for us is... I've talked about this a million times, you go to school, you go to college, you go to a corporate job, you're an intern, you work your way up. It's very dependent on us not having to take many risks, and I think that that's for a reason. It's to kind of limit people to their smallest potential, oftentimes. But because of that, we are so not used to taking risks in our life that when we have the opportunity to do it, to do something that could literally do a, make our life do a complete 180, we're so just consumed by the fear of doing it that we never get to exercise those muscles in our brain that tell us it's okay to take these risks. You've done it before. The outcome, whether it's exactly what you wanted or whether it isn't, is either going to be really good for you or it's going to be a learning experience that you can then take and go in a different direction. And we so often view risks as reckless. We think, you know, they're, the word risky in general is generally has a very negative connotation to it because we view it as something that's very reckless that has a high probability of turning out in a bad way. But the truth of it is that risks do not need to be reckless. You can take a ton of steps in every single risk that you take to ensure that the chances of your success are far higher. And this especially comes into play with starting an online business. I will be 100% honest with you, I cannot guarantee any of my students' success because it's a complete give and take, right? I have the responsibility as someone who teaches other people to start a business and who people invest you know, I have courses that people invest money into, That money that they need or money that was really important to them and so my responsibility on my end is to ensure that students are getting the correct information that they feel comfortable that they feel like they are in a safe space to be able to open up to me and be vulnerable and share when they're struggling and to ensure that you are getting the information you need to build a successful business in a sustainable way that's going to last you for as long as you want. But the thing is, I could talk and any other mentor could talk until we're blue in the face, giving you all of that information you need. If you don't then take that information and apply it and actually work towards those goals that you have, it was pretty much pointless for us to even be speaking in the first place, right? Because it's so important that on your end you are actually doing what you need to do and realizing that responsibility of, hey, I have this information, now I actually need to go and implement it in order to see the results. But the thing is, if you are someone who has done your research on the person that you want to learn from and you are kind of coming into this business space knowing that and choosing the person you learn from wisely... If you then take the information that they're giving you and fully apply it and I don't mean I don't mean half applying it we often do this thing where we feel like we're doing the things we're supposed to be doing I'll give you an example of this maybe you know um, you feel like you're posting on your stories obviously that's an important part of showing up online and building a business is connecting to your audience and showing up on your stories Some people will feel like they're doing this because they'll post a picture here and there or they'll repost something from someone else or they'll post only graphics. But if you're not showing up speaking and connecting with your audience and showing your personality, you're not doing that specific task to the fullest extent that it needs to be done in order for you to see the results from it. And this is a concept that I think is so important to A ton of different facets of our life. If you're going to do something, it's so important that you give it your all and do it the right way before you count it off as something that didn't work or something that isn't right for you. So back to the original point, if you are doing those things and implementing those things to the fullest, there is, in my books, 0% chance that you will fail. Because with consistency and with giving it your all it will work for you. And there's, you know, logically, there's so many reasons that this will work for you. And then even on a kind of deeper level, and this may resonate with some of you and it may not, but when you are putting that into the universe and giving the universe the signs of, hey, I'm giving this my all, I'm ready to receive back on this thing that I'm putting effort into, it will happen for you inevitably. When you start making those changes, you know, in your mind and start taking those risks, you see the opportunities that you did not see before your brain starts to rewire itself it, it, my brain has completely done this you know i was i would not say that i was business minded whenever i first started but now i see the business opportunity in every tiny thing and it's a really cool process to start to realize in yourself but it happens with people all the time and a lot of times people feel like well i'm i don't feel like i'm cut out to be an entrepreneur i don't feel like i could own a business it's because you're not doing it. So your brain is not wired that way right now, but it can be. So a lot of it comes down to looking at the risk and saying, "Okay, yeah, this is something that scares me. This is something that, you know, I'm going to be investing in. I'm going and I'm going to be putting effort into, and it's something that I'm going to have to deal with potentially failing in certain aspects and then picking myself up. I'm going to have to deal with my friends and family seeing this new venture that I'm starting." But I know that if I put my all into it and if I implement the steps needed, then this risk that you're taking becomes a lot less of a risk and becomes way more of an action that's getting you closer to your end goals. Whenever I was younger, I moved out of my parents' house at 15, and I moved in with my brother. And my brother is married, and they have three kids, and I love my sister-in-law. She was basically like my mom from ages 15 to 19, even still now, I think of her in that way, and something that she always used to have me do. And I felt, at the time, I felt like this was so silly, and I was like, this is just Like child play, (laughs) but she would have me write a pros and cons list every single time I was working through a decision or trying to figure out what, what I should do or which path I should take. And this inevitably was something that always brought me so much clarity. And I think that this is something that's also super helpful to implement whenever we're making decisions about business, because especially the initial starting of the business, because our mind always goes to worst case scenario right and oftentimes we don't even know what that worst case scenario is we think well if i start a business and i fall flat on my face that's going to be really embarrassing but what does that actually look like for you because there is no failing or falling flat on your face in business unless you allow it to be that the only true failure you know if you if you and it's so subjective right you may not even decide to view this as a failure but the only true failure technically in business is if it doesn't go exactly the way you want, and then you just quit, right? Outside of that, of course, you're going to have failures. I have had plenty of failures in my business. But all those were, were learning opportunities for me to then say, okay, I tried doing it this way. That didn't work. Good to know. Now I'm going to try it this way right? And you do that until you figure out what works for you and what brings you success. But we so often just kind of generally catastrophize and think, well, this could turn out really bad, but we don't even know what that looks like. So I think a really great exercise to walk yourself through if you're really afraid of taking risks is actually sitting down, looking at a situation subjectively and saying, okay, what are the pros of me doing this, right? So what are the amazing things that could happen. What is the best case scenario of how this turns out? And then writing your cons list. What are the things that I'm worried about? What is what is actually my worst case scenario? And when you sit down and you take the emotion out of it and you're really able to objectively look at this risk or this decision that you're making and say, okay, this could lead this way or it could lead this way, now I can actually see what that, what my future life could look like and what things I might experience and what amazing opportunities for, could come from this, it's really reassuring because it gives you the inspiration and the positive side of it, which we often don't look at. I feel like this could be compared to relationship anxiety. I don't know if anyone else struggles with that. Actually, I know a lot of people struggle with that, but I don't know if anyone listening struggles with that. But it's something that I've experienced a lot of throughout my relationships. And, you know, even now being happily married, I love my husband. I've known him for, you know, eight years. We have done a lot of things together. We know each other in and out and even though I'm crazy in love with him and I want to have kids with him and I, you know, enjoy spending as much time as possible with him, it's still nerve-wracking to be married to someone and to say, okay, I'm spending the rest of my life with this person and I've committed to them and, you know, we now have to integrate our lives together and work through a lot of things that we don't feel like working through some days. And it's really hard to, especially on the bad days or days where you are just, not having a, not feeling up to it to say, okay, I choose this person and we're going to work through these things. And relationship anxiety is something that creeps in on a lot of people you know the feeling of what could go wrong what could end up happening what is our life going to look like in 10 years are we going to be able to make it you know are we going to be able to have kids what's that going to look like are we going to is it going to reveal differences about ourselves that we didn't know or didn't realize how are we going to navigate that there's so many fears and what if scenarios that come into play and something that i have really practiced and been working on myself is letting go of that and saying, what if the best case scenario happens, right? And walking through all of those amazing things. But we just often don't do that. It's it's not something that we are kind of trained to do, right? We are animals in a way, in the sense that we look at a lot of situations and use our survival instinct, right? We don't want to put ourselves into situations where we could get hurt or where we're scared or where we're uncomfortable or something that is very new to us in general. So it's very common, it's very natural, but it takes that conscious shift of, okay, I'm thinking about this in this way, let me switch that and think of the complete opposite side of it and think of all of the amazing things that could come from this scenario. And it's, it seems very self-explanatory, but we often just don't take the time to do it. And when you do, it really can change your perspective on so many things and it really changes the path that you end up taking in life because you're no longer making decisions always based off of what could potentially go wrong, but instead you start making decisions based off of what potentially could go right. On top of this, I also think that oftentimes we don't realize the risk that's are, that's already kind of waiting to bloom in the life that we're currently living. So a lot of people feel like it's a very risky decision to transition from being in the corporate world to starting a business online because they feel like, well, I have a paycheck every two weeks, I have benefits, I'm in a corporate job, so that's viewed as quote-unquote safe in, you know, society. And I think that we kind of saw this unravel a lot during the past couple years when COVID was happening and so many people were laid off. So many people's hours were cut. So many people's lives were kind of just turned upside down. And even outside of COVID, there's been so many situations where people who have been with a company for 20 years have gotten laid off unexpectedly. And We don't realize that, you know, it's kind of a huge risk that's lying dormant because our fate or our future is really in someone else's hands. And you would really be surprised at the power that you hold and the comfort you feel when that fate is instead in your own hands. And kind of a way to look at this as well is also looking at it financially. You know, for me, I felt safe. In my corporate job I enjoyed my bosses I felt like I was really good at what I did but at the end of the day I was bringing home $2,400 a month and at the end of the day I also couldn't have grown much from that right there was a ceiling on how much I could make and there's often a ceiling on how much every person in the corporate world can make so it kind of became a situation of well yeah, it's scary to start my own business, but what if I start that business and I then start making 10K months or I, even 5K months at the time would have been double what I was making at my corporate job. And at the end of the day, it ended up feeling far riskier to stay in a situation where I was very unsure of what my future could look like. You know, I was I knew that it would not be something that financially allowed me to reach the goals that i had i was worried about how i would help support a family how i would be able to travel i couldn't take extended periods of time off and if i did i wasn't getting paid during that time so it was very difficult to plan for vacations and to do all of the things that i wanted to be able to do in my life so it ended up feeling far riskier to stay in that situation than to take action and do something where I had the potential to create my own salary, to create my own ceilings of what I could make, if there even were any, you know, with what I could make and what I could accomplish. So I think that kind of looking at your life now and evaluating, seeing where the risks are and then putting those side by side Against the risks of the potential career that you could have is also a really good exercise to kind of help identify things and make it more realistic for you At the end of the day there are certainly risks like oh, I don't know gambling all your money away That are of course not good ideas But when you see the evidence of what could happen and it's been proven time and time and time time and time and time and time again <laughs> and you are set, you've set your mind to making it work, the chances of it working are so much higher. And you can always start, you know, I'll leave you with this, you can always start incrementally you don't have to immediately dive into something you know if you are wanting to start a business online or you want to pivot your business you know start by making an instagram account for it and you know kind of making do with what you have and the free resources that you have and once you start to see the progress that's going to help you gain a lot of confidence from there you're going to feel a lot more comfortable making an investment and taking a quote unquote risk on something because you've already started to see the progress that you're making in that specific endeavor. I know it's scary, nonetheless, it's always scary to take risks, but like I said, it gets easier and easier, and I still struggle with this. You know, it felt risky to me. Not in the sense of, oh, what if I fail at making a podcast, but it was just scary. It was something new that I hadn't done before. It was, you know, a learning curve. It was felt like a lot of pressure to, you know, be able to interview guests and to talk about topics on my own like this for extended periods of time. It's just a scary new thing. And so even whenever you're deep into a business and you are an established business owner and you have, you know, accomplished all of these things, there's always going to be something that feels very risky to you where you have to weigh the pros and cons, where you have to start something new, where you have to put yourself out of your comfort zone once again. And it's always scary, but it does get way easier the more times that you do it. With that being said, this is a wrap up To Season 2 of Digital State of Mind. It's so sad. This was such a good season. And if you've made it this far, I appreciate you. I get so many DMs from people who are saying they've binged the whole podcast or listened to every single episode. And that just warms my heart. I feel like there's, you know, podcasts that I listen to where I like love listening to every single episode and I can't wait until the next one comes out. And it's just so special to me that any of you would feel that way about this podcast so thank you so much for being here and for being supportive uh, like i said if you'd like to leave a review that would mean so much to me and i also love hearing obviously this entire you know episode came from an idea of someone who left a question in a q a box so please dm me if there is anything you would love to hear on the podcast or anyone that you would love to hear interviewed on the podcast And you know, I will leave you all with just the fact that I believe in you. Um, It's just for some tough love. Eventually, there comes a point where you got to put on your your boots, strap in and just go along for the ride. And it's I, I know on my end, the potential that you all have and the you know, opportunities that can come and the progress you can make and the success that you can see. I see it happen every single day with students that I work with and it makes me really sad that so many people don't believe in themselves and don't feel like they can make that happen for themselves. And so, you know, the one of the big reasons why we started this podcast was to hopefully instill that courage in a lot of you and instill some of that self-confidence and help you work through some of the limiting beliefs that you may have. So with that being said, thank you so much for being here. I love you all. Leave a review, DM me what you want to hear, and I will see you or talk to you in season three. Thank you for listening to the Digital State of Mind podcast. I am your host, Jessica Hawks, and I am so happy to have you here. Follow along with us on Instagram at thedigitalstateofmind so that we can stay connected with you and get your feedback on what you want to hear on the show. I know everyone says this, but we're serious, okay? (laughs) Talk to you next time.